This is Blue Zoo Reptile with Exoterra. Here's your host, Frank Reese. Welcome to Blue Zoo Reptile with Exoterra. I appreciate everybody taking some time to listen to us. You know the drill. We're on SoundCloud, podcasts.com, iTunes, bluezooreptile.com, bluezoonetworks.com, and a whole host of other social media places. You know the platforms. Um, you can also email the show. We've gotten a bunch of great questions for upcoming guests, and we also have, you know, if somebody you want to come on, just uh, feel free to throw out a name. Usually people are great for coming on if they, uh, as long as they know we're not throwing them off, off a cliff onto some kind of crazy radio show. Um, when we come back, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Lauren Lay, who has a host of uh, jobs, criteria, bio. It's pretty amazing. Back in a minute, Blue Zoo Reptile. Exoterra reptile products make your reptiles feel at home. Exoterra understands that specific species need specific environments. That's why we produce a variety of offerings for desert, tropical, and aquatic species of reptiles and amphibians to flourish. In fact, we have traveled the globe to research and understand these very needs. From the mountains of Uganda to the island of Madagascar to the jungles of Honduras, Exoterra products are researched in the wild. Visit www.exo-terra.com to learn more about our products and our research expeditions. Hikari can help you reduce the odor and water change frequency of your turtle tank. Check out Saki Hikari Turtle, the world's first probiotic-enhanced, daily-use turtle diet food. Hikari, making species-specific diets for decades. Visit us online at hikariusa.com. Welcome back to Blue Zoo Reptile with Exoterra. Our, our guest, our first guest, owns retail stores, websites, wholesales, Livestock distributes is on the board of directors. He is Lauren Lay. Lauren, how are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate some time. Thank you so much. Um, you know, it's funny when we launched Blue Zoo Reptile a while back. Uh, almost every time we talked about some of the movers and shakers to get on, your name was always up top of the list. So I hope there's no pressure there. That was a little bit of pressure, but I do appreciate all that. That's nice to hear. <laughs> Uh, just to give people an idea, when I say that you have retail stores, websites, wholesales, all that stuff, um, how long uh, have you been in a business or industry? I've been in the industry for 23 years, and I've been uh, my, on my own as Triple O Reptile for just, we're actually just approaching our 20th year right now. So the, the, the whole store and everything under your umbrella is Triple L Reptile, that's LLLReptile.com, correct? That's correct. So what what made you were you, when you got into the industry or hobby? Was there a passion? Were you working for somebody? I mean, how how did you wrap it all around to start this thing? You know, I was I actually am kind of a weird weird case with the reptile world. I I really was never one of those kids that owned a lot when I was younger. I uh, I was exposed to it and had some friends that were into it, and I ultimately landed a job at a company in uh, Southern California. Uh, about 23 years ago, and uh, after working at this company for just a few years, my fascination, passion, interest just exploded to the point where I had to learn everything I could as quickly as possible and just just, just dove in uh, head over heels for it, and it's just never stopped since. So a late bloomer, but a bloomer nonetheless, right? 
Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a big time bloomer now. I'm I'm every day I wake up just love what I do, love love interacting with the animals. Even to this day, I still uh, I keep my hands inside the cages every single day. You know, one of the interesting things about the whole reptile side of it is that the industry is big in that there are so many different categories. How do you get your arms around it? Because obviously you have to have some people with you that are expertise on certain avenues of it, but it is a pretty broad category, isn't it? Oh, you're you're so right. I mean, I, I discuss that with people all the time. I, I, I make the joke, if it, if it doesn't have fins, feathers, or fur, it's just a reptile. <laughs> um, you know, because it's, it's, it's such an interesting category of, of animal because a tortoise and a spider and a lizard and a snake are so uniquely different, but we kind of lump them together. So through my years of doing this, as I've, as I've learned a lot of people and met a lot of people and kind of our interests have grown, we've kind of really brought in a lot of experts and people that are, are very good to their particular interest type. So, you know, amongst my staff of 45, I have some incredible arachnid people. I have some incredible people that are really scientific and, and more into the breeding side of things. So uh, collectively, we're, in a, we're a really good body of information. What, since you have so many things under your umbrella, let's talk about the stores for a second. Are, are there real challenges as far as keeping livestock in stores, or is it pretty simple, plain and cut? Yeah, it, it, I don't want to say it's simple, plain and cut. I, I do think it's uh, it's a difficult thing in that you know you're caring for and taking care of animals on a day to day basis with the with the hope, obviously, that you can create somebody that's interested or, or somebody new to the, uh, the reptile hobby. Um, but at the same time, you know, you never really know where people's interests may lie. You, you, you think that uh, poison arrow frogs is the next exciting uh, category of animals to carry, but yet everyone's really looking for spiders. So it kind of, it kind of evolves to the point where next thing you know, you, you have a store like our, our, our flagship store in Oceanside, California, that has you know, just between the the glass enclosures, we're probably at 140, and that's not including arachnids, colubrids, and some of the smaller species. So um, there's difficulty there, but, uh, you know, the, it, it's really just trying to peg people's interest. You know, it's interesting you're talking about people's interest because when I, I asked you about how big the category is and you completely were on board agreeing with that, just I sometimes think because we sometimes are trying to promote this hobby through this show to new people, people that are interested in this industry and hobby, uh, sometimes it's it's hard for them to even decide what they want because there's so much to choose from, isn't there? Oh, yeah. it's And that's I think that's the, one of the more difficult parts is not really sizing people up and making sure the animal that they get is the proper animal to create that interest in the hobby. And as you probably know, too, it, it, it's amazing once people own that first tortoise it's just a matter of time before they own a bearded dragon and ultimately move into maybe having a frog so w once the seed is set and people are interested in, in this part of it um i think that it becomes a hobby that you really get passionate about you know it's funny you say that because um i i talked to some many people in in the aquatic industry and someone buys a 10 gallon tank and it always leads to a 55 gallon tank which leads to a 110 gallon tank so the reptile industry isn't too far off on that aspect of it not at all. In fact, uh, you know, that 10-gallon tank that they moved on uh, ultimately becomes the green and old tank that gets them transferred over to the reptile hobby. And, uh, you know, the crossover is huge from fish to reptile. So there's a whole other area of, of uh, you know, people that are interested in both hobbies. 
you know, when you when you're talking to, um, especially like for us, we and you see a ton of people. You see kids come in. A lot of times, the kids are already coming in with their parents who are looking for something or had something back a while back. Um, I guess for you, that has to resonate because you want the younger generation to get into this stuff, get a little bit away from uh, just playing video games and this Pokemon insanity. But it's also it's also uh, it's not so hard for for you to get somebody up to speed on how to take care of one of these animals because it really isn't complete rocket science sometimes. No, I don't I don't think that's it. I think just kind of getting the interest in it and really understanding what's involved in taking care of it. But like you said, I mean, it, it can be simplified, um, you know, down. There's so much great equipment today that's made by so many manufacturers to really simplify the process so much more than it used to be. Um it's really amazing to see what we were able to carry, let's say, 20 years ago and where proper lighting today has brought us today. Um, so, so it's really neat. But, yeah, the, the younger generation are really um, the people that are really fascinated so much about reptiles. And, you know, to an 8- or 9-year-old, a bearded dragon is, is, is a common animal where to a 40-year-old, they might still have that ooh factor of who would ever own a reptile. So it's, it's interesting to see this new kind of youth groups coming through and people that are a little more familiar with reptiles that are really expanding the hobby. Can, can you put your finger on when reptile shows became so popular that literally there's probably one or two going on across the country at any given weekend? Is, was there a time that maybe that just kind of, you know, flipped a switch and that the reptile shows became very popular? You know, I think it was a, a culmination of a lot of things. The timing for reptile ownership was just perfect between not only the shows like you said which you know if i had to put like where they really started to get creative and expand it was probably in the you know the night 1990 1992 you had some really strong shows like the uh, daytona reptile expo or formerly at that time it was the orlando uh, reptile expo and and here on the west coast we had the uh, international reptile breeders association expos which were kind of the first gathering places that really brought people together, but it not only did it bring them together, but it immediately launched into this online sensation of reptile hobbyists really taking to the internet to share information in the hobby. And from there, like you said, shows started to kind of spring up. Just it really grew from there as we were able to bring our hobby to just pretty much any city in the U.S. And if you look today, it's it's incredible the amount of, of expos there. At any given weekend, there's probably two or three in the country somewhere. And, and now you look on the world uh, stage and, you know, there's shows taking place that are, are commonly attended in Germany and there's new shows in Japan. And I, I have a, a friend of mine that's, that's helping with shows in Mexico. So it's just really incredible to see that how that kind of is a starting point. You know, I, I remember when I was younger, um, my parents would take me to the zoo and you would see some of the great, you know, aquascaping and, and just everything else that they did. I, I talk about that because, you know, on the aquatic side. And it always amazed me. I'm like, boy, I wish I could somehow do that someday in my house. And that's all changed because people like Exoterra and them, now they make stuff that you could actually put in your home that looks like a piece of furniture but also looks like it's set up right from the zoo. And I think that is also probably driven a lot of people to the hobby that now it's not just some reptile in a glass cage it's a lot more than that oh i agree i agree 100 percent. i i i think you know i i kind of tell people all the time that it's amazing when reptiles became the animal hidden in the garage and is now the showpiece in the living room 
And a lot of that does wrap around just like what you're saying, the, the stuff that the uh, Exoterras and the other manufacturers out there are making, um, the, the products are beautiful, they're, they're well-designed, and, and they really have allowed us to take things that 10 years ago, you, you use a chameleon, for example, super difficult at that time people were very afraid of them and then with the amount of equipment that's available today um you know people are keeping tens tens of different kinds of uh of chameleons so it's you know the escalation of the hobby definitely surrounds around these products lauren lay is our guest the website llreptile.com lauren is there anything that you haven't accomplished yet in this industry i mean obviously you're still plugging away and and growing but is there anything that you maybe bred something that hasn't been bred in captivity or is there anything you're, you got your your eyes you know eyes on that you haven't done yet you know we're uh one of our bigger focuses right now is kind of going uh, back in time which sounds kind of strange but i think right now there's kind of a little bit of a void in just what animals should look like as if they uh were found you know we kind of got so wrapped up in morphology and changing animals um, in so many different directions that we kind of left the void of what they were to start. And uh, a lot of our breeding efforts are surrounding um, kind of some of more of the, the basic species, the, the species that uh, the young people out there might want to get as their first reptile, kind of that jump-off point. And uh, we're, trying to, we're trying to really make that exciting again. And uh, another one of our biggest focuses is really um, we have a large educational arm of what we do and and uh, just getting as much information, being on, on great, you know, uh, um, resources such as this and, and hosting classes and getting involved with herb clubs just to really get the, the, the ownership of reptiles out there as a positive thing, as a positive experience. And uh, as you know, I, I do a lot of work with U, uh, U.S. ARC. I'm on the board of directors and that's a big part of what we do as well is just really trying to just show people that reptile people are responsible. They're great animals, nothing to be afraid of, and, and just really push this hobby forward. By the way, if you don't mind, you got to get us in touch with Phil, the president, so we can get him on one of these days if he's open to it. You know, he would be he would be a, a great guest, and I, I think that uh, I will definitely do that. He would, he would jump at the chance. He is a great advocate of, of everything that we're all trying to do. Well, thank you. You know, we um, when we started this conversation, we were talking about how you were a late bloomer, but you bloom big time. Um, and like I said, we focus a lot of this towards people that are new in the hobby. Could, do you remember the first or one of the first uh, animals you had that you kind of coveted? Uh, I do, clearly. Uh, leopard gecko. I, that is literally what started uh, everything I do today. I, I got a pair of leopard geckos. I bred them once, and um, that just that was it for me. So I... Still have a little part. Part of my heart is always going to be wrapped around a leopard gecko. All right, so the leopard gecko is always the go-to, right? <laughs> always the go-to, for sure. Um, before you go, you are in Southern California, so people see people that are up north who think that re reptiles can't live up north if they're new to this. Um, you obviously have a distinct advantage sometimes because it's warmer there, but that has nothing to do with it. Um, it could be anywhere worldwide that if you want a reptile or if you want something, we just talked about how these pieces of furniture have gone from the garage to the house. Uh, don't ever hesitate or be afraid to, to look up stuff and also go to a store and see what you like, right? I mean, that, uh, that's always probably the best bet. See it first and then make your decision after that. For sure, and it kind of goes back to the question you asked earlier about reptile expos. That's a great jump-off point to really, you know, get to meet the people that you might have seen online or see the animal firsthand, hold it, make sure it's right for you. Because 
you know, that, that's the best part about what we all do is that we have a, a, an animal we can actually bring to somewhere else and show you. Um, but also there's some great stores in the U.S. too, and, and they're, a, they're a great place to get good information, meet other people that are in the hobby, and just make sure uh, you get up on the right step. Well, if you're taking a vacation and you're hitting L.A. or the L.A. area, make sure you take a little swing by Oceanside and uh, say hey to, to the people at LLL Reptile. Lauren, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. You're welcome anytime. Um, thank you, sir. I really appreciate the time. I appreciate being on the program. That is Lauren Lay, the owner of LLL Reptile. He has a store in Oceanside and a couple others. Just check out the website. You can get all the information. That's a guy who, like you said, late bloomer, but obviously the industry, he's been great for the industry, and the industry has been great for him. I want to thank Lauren Lay coming on. This is Blue Zoo Reptile with Exoterra. Email the show if you want to hear some other guests like Lauren. We're around all the time. See you.